Welcome to the start of season five of the Monday Morning Pastor podcast brought to you in partnership with Kairos Partnerships and Missio Alliance. Doug, we're at the start of season five. It's good to see you, brother. So good to see you too, man. It's hard to believe that the summer is over. Man, here we are leaning into the fall and uh, wow, what a different fall this is. I know we keep saying unprecedented and, you know, turbulent and uncertain, but they still all apply to all of us here as leaders and as pastors. And so, um, but we took the month of August off. And so I'm curious, Doug, like, how did you spend your August, uh, even throughout your summer, but even just August, what, what does that look like for you in the weirdness of 2020? I know this is going to be shocking to many of you, but I spent a lot of time fishing. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I picked up a new hobby, fishing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was fortunate enough every year, uh, my son and I go away for a week and we fish. Um, and the same this year, we just had a great time of just being away. And for me, that that is always, I don't know if you ever have experienced this, but there's like hinge moments in my, in throughout my year. And that's a hinge moment where I feel like, uh, the summer's over and it's time to get back in. So I, I felt, I mean, still feel really energized from that. There's just mm-hmm. something about having time away where there's no agenda and we don't have any plans. Um, so that was one thing that I think was really great. Um, we've also done a lot of just small fun things with the family, um, spent some times at some different parks and we have uh, made some really fun meals together. That's been kind of neat cooking together. Uh, it's mm. a little crammed in our kitchen, but it's been, it's been a really fun opportunity that we've had to just practice some new things. And I think as in terms of, uh, soul care, uh, the, the fishing thing is still really important, but, um, Many years ago, or through, yeah, I guess I, four, is four considered many years? I feel like that's uh, hand, many years. Handful, handful, handful a of handful years. of years ago, <laughs> uh, I started um, s- sort of like every three months, I will take a whole day and just plan out the next three months. And so it's sort of weird to do that in 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 the season and the climate we're in right now because we're really not sure what the next week will look like. But I found that to be really helpful. Uh, and so just even, even from the perspective of what, what are my personal goals? What am I thinking I want to accomplish in the next few weeks by myself? Uh, you know, the next three months by myself, uh, what does spiritual life look like? How can I be flexible and agile and mobile with even within work stuff? So even finding that has been helpful. And then the other thing is I've, I've also had some, some good opportunities to have days away with God just to pray just to read scripture. Um, and I found those things to be very, very refreshing, uh, coming into what, whatever this fall is going to look like. I know the flannels are going to come out, but it <laughs> might be in a mask form too. So yeah. How about you? How's your August been, man? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've spent a lot of time, you know, in and on the water. I know that's a surprise to our listeners as well, but you know, for me being in my canoe and kayak and, uh, I've, I've really made it a point, you know, I've never done this at any point in my adult life, but 
of really forcing myself to take off almost every Friday. And I think I've mentioned that in the past. And that's been so good and so healthy, whether it's bike rides or naps or getting my canoe out or whatever it may be. It's just been, I've needed that because I know that I need to be rested going into the fall to be able to care for a lot of pastors and leaders who are feeling quite exhausted. And so that wasn't like my nature, but I knew I needed it. This is a weird year. And so, um, and we also you know, didn't really have vacation uh, this year like we've had in the past. And so uh, because of that, we sort of dripped out little mini vacations like, you know, on Fridays rather than just take a week or two uh, in the summer. So anyway, it's been really good. And, um, you know, you and I have talked about the idea of a yearly rhythm. Right. And and we've we, I think this is maybe season one or two. We talked about the yearly rhythm where, you know, January, the energy is really high, January, February, March, and it goes to Easter. And then it kind of kind of slumps off a little bit in terms of, you know, April, May, June, there's graduation, Father's Day, all that. And in the summer, it kind of you don't really launch anything new, at least in most places, because people are on vacation and kind of check out and the momentum. We say the summer is the church's winter. But then come September and October, woo, you know, that's when everything ramps up and back to school and everything. And then we kind of do that all the way leading into to Christmas and, and sort of Advent. Well, I've been thinking about that rhythm, you know, for years, that's been really helpful for me to kind of know momentum and energy and focus and, and even where I need to replenish myself during some of those trough areas. I just don't know, Doug, like, I just feel like that maybe is just out the window um, because it just feels like the, the stress and the involvement and the level and the energy that's needed is just like really high but the same all the way through. And so that's where we've got to really carve out on our own, uh, even when it doesn't make sense. Even we say, but things are so crazy and busy right now and things are so intense. If we just continue to stay at that high level that is plateaued, but still very high, I just, I, I think all leaders, we've just got to carve out that time, even if it quote unquote doesn't feel like the right time to do so. Mm, yeah. I, I wonder what the burnout rate has. I feel like there's such a high potential for burnout rate in the next six months to a year. Well, as I, I hear the themes, when I'm coaching leaders this summer, I'm, I'm hearing these, these common things. I'm hearing I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I'm misunderstood. Barna recently did a poll that came out just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they asked like how many pastors are like feeling ill-equipped and overwhelmed. And it was like, you know, 97%. And there are 3% of pastors that, that said like, I'm killing it. Like, I'm, I, and I'm like, who are these 3%? Like, I've never met any of you. Like nobody feels like they're killing it in this season. Right. No. But of that, you know, majority said they're tired, they're exhausted, they're overwhelmed, they're uncertain. And um, only 1% of pastors said, I feel understood wow. in this season. And that's I think shocking. that's, that's shocking. And that's, we have to be very careful because some of those are factors and elements for burnout. And if we're not careful, we've got it. We've, you know, we, many pastors, they're not burned out, but they're crispy around the edges. And if we don't take the chicken off the grill right now, like we're going to be charred. And yeah. so we've got to be very careful about this season. Yeah. And I think too, even realizing that for us starting season five in here, I, I I've been thinking back to 
our interview with Lacey Borgo. Yes. Uh, all those, you know, I guess that was back in season one, but her, just be gentle with yourself. I have used that so many times in uh, this season, Doug. So many times. And, and so I mean, grateful for I Lacey's say word. myself, like on yeah. a daily basis, because again, the the there's just so much that continues to come. And I, first of all, to the 3%, I think they're lying. I think they might spread it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're killing it and you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah, you're, yeah. Just go listen to something else. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh man! Well, we were. It's good to laugh, and we want to laugh a little bit. It yes. has been so long since we've done Babylon B, and oh, uh, you know, me, you, and 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 uh, we'll just do a shout out to Caleb and uh, the three of us have been on this this chat where we just screen capture some Babylon B. Uh, headlines and uh you know if you've been journeying with us on the pod if you're new to the podcast we just love the babylon bee which is like the christian onion and uh, just making sure we don't take ourselves too seriously and so we were laughing about that and so we want to share some of those but you and i were also joking that the theme of 2020 in three words are you're still muted <laughs> isn't that the truth if i had a dollar given yeah. me for every time someone said that or i said it man i'd be a rich man <laughs> So muted. It would have been like a match a stimulus check deal. <laughs> so, but you know, let's let's talk about some of the things we were texting back and forth in terms of some of these. Again, just you just good to laugh in this season where it's been so intense. And so, you know, one of the ones that uh, I think it was uh, I think it was you, Doug, that that uh, sent it out. Um, <laughs> There are two two that just cracked me up. This has been a little bit ago, but church reheats eight week old coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And then right after that one, it was Baptists pledge to use only non-alcoholic hand sanitizer. (laughs) So good because it's true. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. I oh, think one man. of the ones that I loved was amid the coronavirus concerns, all worship band members to play in a drum cage. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one recently, just you and I sent back and forth uh, just a couple of days ago, it was Bible experts determined Goliath died of COVID-19. <laughs> No, listen, if you're if you're all bent out of shape, like, hey, you know, I know people who've died of COVID-19. We understand this is a hard time, but we just need a chance to just laugh. And it's just good to laugh. And laughter is just good medicine, as as the scriptures say. So we just want to get a chance to to share that back and forth. If you've got some good ones, let us know. Find us on Facebook and Twitter and uh, email us. We would love to hear some of your favorites and uh, even some new headlines. Like if you've got some ones that you've made up, uh, send them along. We'd love, to, we'd love to hear them. But uh, yeah, just so good to laugh about some of these. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Jr., it's interesting. We're we're you're in. This is a really big big week for you. There's some pretty exciting things happening, and so why don't you let our listeners know why this is a big week for you? Yeah, actually, today is the uh, the release of the book uh, that I've been working on for the last three years called The Sacred Overlap, and uh, I'm really grateful for that. It's an exciting day. It's an exciting week, but it's also 
slightly overwhelming. You know, there's a lot of insecurity when you work on something for for almost three years and you release it into the world. But uh, I'm really excited about this book and this project, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I really believe in our divided moment in our world that this is really hitting at a really good time that I think can serve the church. I think when we look around, we just say. You know, all this divisive, you know, the divisive nature of everything, and it just increases. I mean, the cultural and the religious, the political and racial divides, they just keep growing stronger. Those arguments are becoming more and more explosive. The defending of our own opinions are becoming more and more intense. And so I think I've found myself in this sort of tribalistic us versus them that seems to be growing more and more. I just find myself saying, like, there's got to be a better way than this. Like there's got to be a better solution to this. And so the question I've been wrestling with is what is the posture of a follower of Jesus in such a divisive and alienating time in our, in our world? And as I've wrestled with that, the more I've dug into it, the more I begin to see Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the great either or, right? We, we have life or death. Like we follow him, like the way, the truth, and the life. But once we follow him, Jesus lives in a whole bunch of, of both and scenarios rather than either ors. And that freaks a lot of people out. And so some people are going to say, oh, are you a her- you're a heretic or you're trying to have this syncretistic idea of Jesus where everything goes. Nope. Actually, it's not about a spineless uh, approach to trying to appease everybody. It actually is more courageous to be able to do that. So anyway, it's, it's a big week, but it's, I'm really excited about it being released and, uh, but it's vulnerable too. you know, a lot of vulnerable stories in the book as well. So, uh, yeah, well, Jared, I, I think I can't wait to talk a little bit more about the book, but I would love for you just to share the origin story of how this book came about, like what things in your life started to, 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 to connect and roll for you. So yeah, tell us some of the origins of this. Yeah, well, I think there are a couple things. Um, yeah, a few different things actually. The idea of this actually came about at a 2016 Fresh Expressions National Gathering breakout that I was asked to lead, and I led this breakout and it kind of used a Venn diagram uh, describing like how do we move people from um, getting to know and hanging out with them, building relationships with them who are far from Jesus to actually tipping into uh, discipling them. What does that look like? And so the book isn't necessarily about that where there's a chapter on that, but I just used these Venn diagrams and I began to go, wait a second. After the, the breakout session was over, I said, the Christian life, there's a lot of this like both and tension, like rubber band tension, not conflict tension, like we're fighting, but of kind of feeling like we need to stretch a little bit. If we never stretch the rubber band, what's the point of a rubber band? When we stretch it too much, it breaks. And so how do we live in this tension of, of, uh, kind of double majoring in things? And so that was the first thing that kind of the genesis of that idea. Number one, the second thing is that nothing has messed with my theology more than reading my Bible. Mm. (laughs) And the more I read my Bible, the more I saw that the either or mindset that I've inherited from many Christians just didn't match up with what scripture was saying. And when I looked at Jesus in the scriptures, that he's fully God and he's fully man, he's committed to justice and mercy. He, when he interacted with the Samaritan woman in John 4, we see him talking about worshiping in spirit and in truth that the kingdom of God is here and it's near, right? The kingdom of God, the overlap of heaven and earth. That's what we pray in the Lord's prayer. Um, He said the kingdom of God, you know, was like a storehouse owner that 
brought out old treasures as well as new. So we see these kind of both ands run all throughout scripture, but that makes us very uncomfortable because they're, what are you saying? It all goes? Nope. But I'm just saying that it takes a lot of faith and courage to trust Jesus in that, what I call the sacred overlap. Uh, like how, if you think about a Venn diagram, that overlapping shape there. Um, and then the other thing is my senior year of college, um, my girlfriend, uh, future wife at the time, um, we went on a college retreat. And uh, when we were on this college retreat, there was a, a speaker there and he used this quote and he said, when we're faithfully following Jesus, we will be too pagan for our Christian friends and too Christian for our pagan friends. Well, dang, say that again, but slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said, when we're faithfully following Jesus, we'll be too pagan for our Christian friends and too Christian for our pagan friends. Mm. And that one thought has stuck with me since that college retreat, our senior year of college. And I thought somebody needs to write a book into that. We, what does that look like for us to live in the overlap of those, you know, two pagan on one side, two Christian on the other, and they overlap. How do we live faithfully as followers of Jesus in that? So as we go into the election year, and, the, you know, in just a couple months, right, the mm. most divisive time that I can remember in my lifetime politically what does it look like for Christians to not be co-opted to one side or the other, but to say, my my role is to submit first and foremost, to seek first the kingdom of God, not a political party, not a political savior. Um, politicians can be good. Um, they can fix some things, but they cannot save us from things. Mm. And I think there's a difference in that. Can they improve some things? Sure. Yeah. Does I'm not asking, I'm not saying that we stick our heads in the sand and don't be political at all. And I'm not voting and Jesus is, no, 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 we should be engaged. But I talk about that in one of the chapters of how do we do this politically? What does faithful presence look like in such a polarizing world? How do Christians rise up above the either or that the world is trying to force us into red or blue, Republican or Democrat? What does it look like for us to live as kingdom agents in the both and? Mm. Jer, I feel like that message is so needed for the church today. But it's interesting because, you know, we're on the Monday Morning Pastor and most of the books that you've written before have been very pastoral to leaders, to pastors. Is th How's this book different or similar? Yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, yeah, I, I work with a lot of leaders. Um, you know, there's some things that are more on the academic side. I clearly told my publishers, Zondervan Publishing, I said, I, I'm not interested in writing a book for, um, I don't want to write an academic book. I want to write a book for the everyday people of God for every, and, and I try to write that way. So people have noticed who've, who've read it ahead of time have said, wow, it's a well-researched book, but it's very conversational mm. in how you wrote. And, and I said, well, that's intentional. And she picked up on it and I said, I actually wanted to write in the overlap that it comes very well researched, but it's as if we're having a conversation around someone's living room or in a COVID world in someone's backyard. And uh, so that's that's what I wanted to write into. And um, I, I just want the everyday people of God to be equipped uh, to live into that sacred overlap. And, and you know me, I, I love Venn diagrams. I mean, so much so I've got a tattoo of it on my arm. Which came uh, first, the tattoo or the book so, idea? <laughs> do you know what's funny? I, it's a great question. Uh, I certainly didn't do it because of the book, but I have always been fascinated by it. But I think shortly after I did it is when I really started leaning in to saying, you know what, like 
I, I you know, and, and for me, it's mm-hmm. a three circled Venn diagram of, you know, the, the Celtic triquetra kind of thing of father, son, and spirit. And for me, it's a Trinitarian reminder. I talk about this in the book when I comb my hair or when I'm brushing my teeth. Um, when I see that in the mirror, it's a reminder every day that this is your opportunity, JR, to live into the Trinitarian, the triune God is with you today. So live into the Father, Son, and Spirit as you go. And um, so anyway, yeah, I'm, I've got this nerdy fascination with with Venn diagrams. And the more I dug into like John Venn, who did not invent the Venn diagram, but he popularized it. Like, it's just amazing the stuff that came out and how Venn diagrams are actually everywhere in culture. I mean, the Audi symbol, the Olympic rings, the MasterCard logo. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in Christian art. It's been in Christian art for hundreds mm. of years on purpose. And uh, so anyway, we, we don't have to nerd out on Venn yeah. bag. Dude, I'm all about this. Because again, if anyone's ever spent any time with JR, you've seen him use a Venn diagram at some point, like usually within the first five minutes. And I think that's what I love about what, that's what I love about this book is what is what's happened is like the, the, the passionate pastor, uh, follower of Jesus somehow is overlapped in this, in, in your writing style. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that this is a book for everyday Christians, everyday people who are trying to live out faithfully. And you use this phrase in your book called, uh, live Christians living as peculiar people. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's a great, I really, I, I feel like this is a, such an important word for us because, um, we've, if we've all seen Christians who are just a, a little too weird, right? And uh, they were just normal about five cats ago. And we just need, <laughs> <laughs> we just need less weird Christians in the world. And, and <laughs> really I'm sorry, like that was so good. Five cats ago. <laughs> But we just need less. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> we just need some some like less weird Christians, right? I mean, I think when we're around weird people or weird things, we tense up and we're like, oh, and there's a withdrawal. And unfortunately, there's just too many weird Christians out there on one end. If you again think about a Venn diagram. But on the other end, where the where Christians have lost their influence is there are too many normal Christians where we fit into the culture that we're in so much, we don't make a difference. People say, your life is no different than mine. Why would I want to be a Christian? Why would I want to follow Jesus and Mm -hmm. take him seriously when there's no difference between me and you? And so you get super weird and then you get normal. Neither are what it means to follow Jesus. But I find that the overlap between not being weird, but not being normal is being peculiar. And I I love that word. Um, I mean, even in the scriptures, we talk about, um, it talks about um, being peculiar people, uh, right? First Peter talks about uh, what does it mean? I think it's in the King James to be peculiar. To me, peculiar, it isn't normal, but it's not weird. But there's a sense of if I smell something peculiar, there's a sense of like, I can't quite identify it, but I'm leaning in and I'm curious and I want to know more. And what is that about? And that we're just a little bit off center, but not so off center that we're bizarre and strange and awkward. That's not what we're after. I think when we live as naturally supernatural people, that's when we're being peculiar because Mm -hmm. the world says, I have no category to put you in, uh, in that. Um, and so that idea of being peculiar, I think when we follow Jesus faithfully, 
we we fall in that middle space, that sacred overlap of being peculiar people. And that's where the world says, I don't know what to do with you. I, I think I like what you're about and what you're doing, but I have no category or place to put you. And But I'm intrigued and I'm curious. Tell me more. And uh, I think peculiarity is the mark of what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus. So in, in some ways, it's almost like this idea of, of peculiarity is this amazing way of seeing Christians live into that both and world and yes. to have this opportunity to just smell and look and be a little off, right? Like slightly off. No. It's this, yep. you know, you're not five, five cats. <laughs> Dude, that was the best. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but, so, you know, this is the, you know, we've been doing this podcast. We've been working on equipping and loving pastors and, and you, you don't necessarily uh, make this an overly book for pastors and what it is to lead uh, in in this sacred overlap kind of way. So would you, how would you address pastors and what it is to lead in that both? And I mean, it, it, I think you're right. To some people, it might be you're to this way or to that way. So what does leadership look like in this, in this, in this sacred overlap world? Yeah. And this is, this is in terms of both and writing it for both pastors as well as the everyday people of God. And that's that was intentional as well of really believing it can relate to, to everybody in that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much overlap when it comes to how we think about leadership, right? Obviously, we're following Jesus in all of who he is. Again, fully God, fully man, you know, all those things. We pray the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're praying for overlap uh, for that to happen. Um, that's we, we pray a sacred overlap prayer with the Lord's prayer. But when it comes to leadership, I, I've been thinking about this uh, quite a bit. And, and be, if you think about it, I mean, with a leader, there's the private world of a leader, but there's also transparency. Right. I mean, there's sort of a Venn diagram on that. We need the overlap. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't want to just air all your dirty laundry. But if you're never transparent, there's no trust. There's no there's no vulnerability. Why would I trust you? Um, the idea of uh, words and also actions. Right. We've got to be able to do both uh, deciding now as a leader, but also having the patience to wait. Um, there's trust, but there's also disappointment. There's hope, but there's also reality. There's being clear, but also knowing we will be misunderstood. And I think a big one for leaders is there needs to be times of action and deciding and being with people. And there needs to be times of silence and contemplation and solitude at the same time. And so we see that with Jesus, right? He's out there with the people and the crowds and healing and teaching, but then he gets off the map and goes off the grid and he's just away with his father. Mm -hmm. So, you know, head and heart appealing to the head when we speak, but also speaking to the heart, um, listening and waiting, but also deciding and acting now. Like we sort of need to find the balance on that as a leader, uh, having an agenda, but also times of not having an agenda and trying to find that balance. So that's not in the book, but I think there are, there's a lot there. But I think the biggest one for leaders which I put in the book, uh, I think for all humans, but Christians, especially leaders, is a three-set uh, three Venn diagram of wisdom, courage, and compassion. That's been my prayer in this season of the last few years, but especially in 2020, is a balance between wisdom, courage, and compassion. If I have wisdom and courage, but not compassion, I'm careless. If I have wisdom and compassion, but no courage, I'm riskless. But if I have courage and compassion, but no wisdom, I can be very reckless. But if I have wisdom, courage, and compassion all together, 
that's priceless. And that's what we need to live into in that sacred overlap as leaders, especially in 2020, is wisdom, courage, and compassion. That's a, such a good word for us as pastors and as leaders and as just Christians today. We have to be thinking through wisdom, courage, and compassion. And so again, man, just so proud. I'm so glad that we get to celebrate this this launching mm. today together. Um, way to go, my friend. And I love that mm. you didn't just write this book, but you wrote the book and finished your dissertation at the same time. <laughs> so you're just even more of an uh, all-star. Um, it's been, it's been a, a, a busy stretch the last year, that's for sure. <laughs> So, but I wanted to just also give you an opportunity. I know we talked a little bit earlier about um, having some some giveaways. And so can you let us know what that's going to look like? Yeah, I, I would love to be able to give some copies away to some of our listeners. And so if you're listening to this and this intrigues you, I'd love to send you a copy. Um, and so here are a couple of things we want to um, provide for you specifically as the listeners of the Monday Morning Pastor podcast. Um, if you do one of a few things, um, the, you get a chance, you definitely get something, a free discussion guide. We want to give that to you, but also a chance to win a free copy of the book. So here are the two things that you can do. You can either post a review on, uh, on the podcast, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods for the Monday morning pastor, leave us a review and then email Jane, my assistant, and we'll put Jane's email address in the show notes. So, uh, just, uh, you leave a review and then whatever you put as your review, send that to Jane so that she has that and she has your email address. So that's option one or option two on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, post something about uh, the book, The Sacred Overlap and include the sacredoverlap.com as the website and then email that, uh, that post to Jane and uh, your name will be entered in to receive a free signed copy of the book. Um, it, Everybody will receive a discussion guide. So we want to just give you that uh, discussion guide for the book uh, if you do that, no matter what, um, but a chance for you to win a free co copy of the book. Glad to do that. So if you can help us just get the word out about that, that would be that would be awesome. But uh, yeah, we want to be able to get this into as many leaders' hands as possible, as many people's hands as possible. Again, um, this is not just for leaders and pastors. This is for everybody. So I know there are some churches that are already talking about doing this as a as a small group guide or a discussion or an online um, book uh, journey. And we have uh, some videos and resources available for that as well. So if that interests you, let me know. I'd be glad to help you in that. And um, yeah, so glad to give that away. But you can find out more information at thesacredoverlap.com. That's got all the information there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jared, how about you send us out uh, in the both end world? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, brothers and sisters of the Monday Morning Pastor podcast, go. And as you go, would you realize that Jesus is the great either or? But once we follow the great either or, he invites us into the adventure of living into the both and, where we realize this heaven overlapping with earth reality is available to us right now. And so may we as leaders lead, lead and lean into this, knowing that God is with us, that it will require more courage and more wisdom and more compassion, but it's worth it to follow Jesus. And that's where the adventure of following him into the great unknown makes the most sense. God bless and bless God.